that is Gel from the Proud Parent of a U.S. Marine uh, CD. Also, uh, Green Ball 2. A little bit hard to find, but uh, definitely worth it. He took, uh, I believe, a uh, U.S. Marine propaganda vinyl or footage or something, added some of his uh, previously released beats to it, and uh, put together a nice political statement. Uh, listeners of this program are certainly familiar with the work of Anticon. We've had... Uh, soul and pedestrian on this program before, uh, Anticon, the uh, radical hip-hop, indie, folk, electronic, funk kind of collective from the Bay Area that uh, fuses a kind of do-it-yourself vibe with, uh, no pun intended, subtle politics and uh, things of that nature. Uh, one of the individuals of Anticon who's kind of often been back in the shadows has been uh, Jeffrey Gel Logan. He's the longtime sound architect of Anticon, but uh, until now has uh, really kind of let some other members of the band really stand in the forefront. Well, not anymore. His uh, newest solo release is titled Soft Money, and uh, here to talk about it is uh, Jell from Anticon. Jell, are you with us this morning? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for getting up so early. I know this is going to be a, a very long day for you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I had to get up early anyway because we're hitting the road in like 45 minutes. So, so are you still up north right now? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for uh, for waking up early. Uh, you know, the the new album is just is amazing, and oh, uh, I, I mean, it, it seems to be all original sounds. And this is a little bit different from some of your earlier, uh, the kind of Green Ball releases where you're kind of recycling some sounds. Could you talk about how how long did it take to make the new album and so forth? The new album, the process was about uh, three years because it was a, supposed to be a follow up. For much that was going to come out a year after um, 10 seconds. Uh, but things happened, and Subtle, you know, we were working on Subtle, 13 and God came about, uh, all these other projects were taking up a lot of time, so I had to put it on the back burner. And this year, or last year, 2005, I spent the majority of the year just finishing it up and doing new songs and working with people, playing on it and stuff. So about a full solid year, but three years in the making. The sound is dramatically different i think from from 10 seconds and uh from from green ball um there seems to be a lot of kind of found and improvised sounds it's kind of you know anticon's always been been uh popular with me for the kind of do-it-yourself attitude you know the whole diy thing um what what kinds of sounds are you using what kinds of instruments how did it uh for those who are not technologically advanced keep it simple but uh what kind of stuff went into the making of the sound? Well, um, a lot of it was just me toying around with instruments and stuff. Like, I'd started a beat the same way I usually would do, whether it was just drums and a small sample loop or something like that. Um, but I'd, I'd take that and then just play over the top of it, whether I had, you know, a, a borrowed guitar here or a keyboard that I bought that doesn't work or, you know, just a bunch of different, you know, random instruments like there's a, one of the songs I use on our all day breakfast I use like the gut of this um, accordion it's like the low notes so it's like it looks like this big harmonica so I was doing these just blowing these notes you know in tune with uh, you know into a microphone you know it was a lot of just like low budget style stuff that I would just kind of record over the top of these beats so a lot of the, the melodies and stuff came out of that for me you know not trying to find melodies within samples more than coming up with it myself 
under, you know, over the top of just like little stuff that I would put together with beats and little sounds and stuff like that. Well, it's it's a really unique uh, unique sound, which I think fits with kind of the whole unique attitude of of Anticon. For for those listeners not familiar, could you briefly explain what Anticon is? Who you guys are? Okay, well, Anacon, um, when we started in, like, 99, we were a bunch of underground hip-hop kids that, um, you know, we're just trying to get our music out and play shows, and, and the MCs were entering, you know, battles and trying to get their name out and stuff like that. And um, since then, we, you know, we formed the label and started putting out all of our that material at that time in, in the late 90s to our, our older stuff, too, which was, like, maybe two or three years older. And then we just started, you know, putting out our stuff and... And um, in the underground, creating our own scene through the internet, through touring, and uh, you know, six years later, we've all kind of developed into our own unique uh, packages, I guess. You know, with all the groups that are on Anacon that started as a collective, you know, helping each other and influencing each other. So now, you know, it's it's a, a solid label with at least eight different artists on it, going in their own direction, coming from the same place. And what is meant by Anticon? Uh, it can mean anything. It's just a catchy name that we came up with. And anti meaning, you know, it's like anti-conformity uh, or anti-commercialism or anti-anything uh, you can, you know, any C-O-M word. I don't know. You know, it, it, it's pretty much just against the grain. Like, that's the, the feel we got for the name well, and our whole process of, of wanting to put out music and expose it to the world, you know. Well, let's explore that for a minute. Would this is a a political program? Um, but is Anticon? I mean, does Anticon have a politics? No, there's no one set politics for any of us. But we're very socially conscious. I think of of ourselves in the world and what's around us. You know, and it's not it's not like a solid um, ideology or something that we all have. It's just kind of like how we see the world, and, and it seems that we all see it kind of similar. So. Um, I guess you could swing more left-wing than conservative on political issues, but uh, to me it's all the same crap, you know, whether Democrat, Republican. It's just who has the money and who wants the money and who knows how to make and manipulate people to get that money. So that's what politics is to me in a nutshell, you know. Well, let's explore that. The uh, I want to remind listeners who are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. This is Justice or Just Us. We're speaking with Jell, uh, a.k.a. Jeffrey Logan from the Anticon Collective. Are you on almost every Anticon release, just out of curiosity? <laughs> um, almost, almost, I think. I've, I've played some part in people's, you know, albums and everybody on Anticon. Um some of the, like the rest of form stuff. No, I haven't. I haven't been on any of their releases. Maybe um, Telephone Jim Jesus, but I think yeah. I, I mean, I'm not to run down the line, but I think so. I mean, I, I, whether it's just like a small production part where I'm like laying drums in, or I'm doing backup vocals for somebody. You know, we all kind of always want to, you know, intertwine people. If we're like hanging out in the same neighborhood on the day and someone's working on music, then we'll be like, hey, why don't you uh, add something to this and see how it goes? So that's great. Pretty. Yeah, it's almost like a, I don't know, a commune in the way it will work commune. When, I mean, but we don't all live in the same, you know, domicile, but... Yeah, that would be pretty difficult, I suppose, if, if yeah, we lived we and worked and... We when we first moved out, and there was nine of us in a house, and it was ridiculous. Toured and, and so forth. Uh, let's go back and explore the, the whole idea of, 
the the confluence of uh, politics and money. Your your new uh, solo project is titled Soft Money, and mm-hmm. uh, the artwork is is quite unique. Um, you were you were an art student is that correct no that's not correct okay um i was a i went to school for two semesters at columbia college chicago which is a communication school i went for sound engineering and i realized that uh everything that i was being taught in those first two semesters was kind of uh pointless for me i realized that i could learn all this stuff on my own working on music and getting my career started so i quit and and joined anacom okay um but with art like i just you know i would draw, you know, I guess I'm kind of artistically inclined visually. Um, so, like, with 10 Seconds and Meat and Oil um, and the two green balls, I did all the artwork for that, whether it was just, like, snipping up, you know, photos and manipulating them or doing, like, the two Meat and Oil and 10 Seconds are both collages of just, like, you know, pieces of paper collages that I would cut up images and put them together. So Well, the new album has uh, quite interesting artwork and uh could you talk about it a bit maybe describe it and talk about how it fits into the theme of of soft money and and do you actually mean soft money in the traditional sense of uh campaign contributions and so forth yeah well i mean that's where it came from because you know the my brainstorming on this album was coming about during you know the last elections and even before that you know around you know 9-11 all that stuff that was happening in the past you know since like 2001 up till now and um Soft money just popped in my head. My girlfriend said it. She read it somewhere, and I was like, "Wow, oh, that's, that's a cool concept." Like literally, soft money. You know, it's like this intangible crap that we all trade with each other and and barter with. You know, so that idea was floating around in my head, and um, I just decided to keep the name. And I couldn't come up with an image myself. I was trying to work on the art, you know, and have you know, solely just me, the art, the music, and everything. And I just had too much on my plate, so I asked Dose to uh, do something for me. Him and his girlfriend. His girlfriend's an artist, and she paints and draws and sculpts. And they sculpted this Ken doll body and put a suit on it and, you know, just had an idea of, like, this human being tripping over a skull. Like, it's like this perpetual, you know, cycle kind of thing, death, life. You're you're constantly reaching for this this beautiful apple but you're tripping over your own head you know and then the backside is just uh, a mound of teeth which is another you know representation of just death piling up with a, uh, an airplane sticking out on top of it look kind of looking like a cross and then there's a skull on top of that with an apple on its head so it's all pretty literal you know for you can take it for what it is and and all of i like the uh the fonts are the uh the kind of dollar bill Kind of lettering, which is quite yeah, yeah. Uh, quite interesting. Well, let's back up a bit, and I won't keep you too long because I know you're going to have a really long day and you have to get on the road. But yeah. uh, the the proud parent of a U.S. Marine. When, when mm-hmm. I I tripped over this one, I didn't even find it on the web. Um, yeah. Talk about this a bit because people who have seen this lying around my house or uh, when I'm here at the station think that there's that it's like something's happened. I've I've converted. So explain yeah. what's going on here. <laughs> It's funny because that's kind of like you know a stem of, of or a bud of, of uh, soft money in a way because I made that in the, during the process. Cause, well, Green Ball is just a collection of beats that I put out that you know are just exclusive tour CDs usually, um, but I've released that. And, and then Green Ball too, I just wanted to follow up and do more music that's been sitting around with more of a theme to it because Green Ball One was just like the samples that I used and the beats and some interesting other stuff. And then Green Ball 2, I was, you know, I was more inspired about what was going on in the world at that time, you know, about a year or two years ago. 
and uh, the stickers are everywhere all over the Bay Area. Like, in, you know, in the Bay Area, people think it's very, you know, left-wing, um, militant kind of, but uh, there's still a lot of conservative people and a lot of uh, military families in the Bay Area. So, and my family coming from, my father was a Marine, my brother's still in the Navy, you know, and my uncle who died in the Army in Vietnam when he was 19, too. So it's like it's, the military is within my family. And um, I don't know, it, it to kind of poke fun at it, it was uh, a little more personal than actually just me poking fun at an entire, you know, the whole military system, which I was doing anyway, but there was a little more, um, you know, personal involvement with me. So, yeah, I just, I found this record after, you know, I had this record in my collection. It was just the making of a Marine. It was all this footage of boot camp and, you know, pretty much like a full metal jacket on record from the 60s or something. And I, I decided to just take all these different pieces of it and manipulate it and throw it within all these beats. And, you know, that was just the running theme for the album. You know, none of the music had anything to do with, with the theme. It was just kind of the in-betweens and putting the whole thing together as like a, you know, a package. And how did your your brother or your family respond? Uh, they haven't responded. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I, my, my brother and my father, um, they're kind of a bit disconnected with me. I mean, we, we still talk all the time, but they're not like... Uh, big fans of the music they're proud and they're like really excited about what's happening with me now but uh, i don't know if they've gotten a copy yet. i definitely haven't sent them one yet but um they'll hear it down the line you know are are you uh surprised at the popularity of uh what you all have created i mean to think that you know eight years ago or so would you have predicted the popularity of anticon not only in the united states but perhaps more so in europe no, no, totally not in Europe. I mean, I didn't even, the first time I left uh, the country was 2000, 2001, I think, you know, so I never even placed myself anywhere outside of the country doing music. Um, but yeah, I'm totally surprised, and it's it's amazing still. Like, I just did a full month tour by myself for the first time, excuse me, on um, Soft Money in Europe, and it was great. Like, the shows were just as good as the first themselves shows out there or the first subtle shows out there, you know, and it's just, it's still, the, the it's even a wider range of audience now than it used to be. Yeah. It with, seems with, like you, I'm sorry. It seems like you guys can't avoid doing a European tour. Are you, are you bigger in Europe? Well, we're pretty much the same. I think it's, it's getting very close, but I think the feel in Europe is a bit different. It, you know, it's like they, they appreciate American artists more, um, you know, the people that are into the, the full range of music. So it's like, it seems like we get more love there um, when we play shows, but I think it's just the fact that it's a disconnected, you know, we're from another country and people have this feeling that we, you know, we're not going to come over as much or, you know, we just, they don't get us as much as they do. And it's harder, it's harder to find the records in Europe as well for a lot of kids. So they're like ordering online, you know. I mean, Anacom's good, but there's still a few like releases. It's weird that, that, don't make it to certain cities and countries in Europe. But, um, yeah, it's been great. I mean, we've been from to Europe and, and Japan and Australia, and it's like that completely blows me away to think that music that we all make in our bedroom can get us a free plane ticket somewhere to make money <laughs> in another country, you know? Well, your face is starting to uh, appear everywhere, so, uh, you know, get used to it because I was at uh, a big chain not too long ago and I think uh, you're, you were interviewed in about three of the music magazines. So oh, really? Congratulations. Maybe not, but uh, you're certainly reviewed. I think I, saw, I read an interview in Fader, one, one, one such magazine, and uh, yeah, yeah. it's quite, quite prominently 
you know, featured there. So congratulations on that. Just ask a couple of follow-ups and uh, let you get out of here and okay. uh, wish you a good U- uh, U.S. tour. But I was wondering uh, if you can uh, comment a bit about the condition of your bandmate, Dax Pearson. Well, Dax is living back in Oakland. He got here in uh, December. Um, he's doing great. He's um, He's got an apartment now. His mom's been with him um, through this transition, and I think she's going to be leaving soon, maybe in the next few months. Um, and without getting into, you know, we don't want to make this one of the Barbara Walters, you know, interviews where you ask the most uncomfortable questions, but for those who aren't aware, what, just briefly, what happened? Well, um, Subtle, which is the band we're playing with tonight uh, at the Knitting Factory, uh, we're on tour. We were on tour last year, last February, uh, uh, which was a U.S. tour, um, and we flipped our van in near Nebraska, like Omaha. It was a 15-passenger van. We had black ice, like 2 in the morning. The van rolled, and Dax was the only person seriously injured. Uh, he shattered a vertebrae, and he's now paraplegic in a wheelchair. Um, he has uh, his arm and shoulder movement, but no finger dexterity at all. He's just recently started to move uh, his right thumb, which is great. Um, and he hasn't even started his, his physical therapy yet. But him as a uh, you know mentally, he's 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 great. He's a he's like 150 percent Dax than than before the accident because he's just had so much love from you know the music community, from the Bay Area, from just friends all over the world, uh, contributing to his you know his cause just for him to to get to get better you know and i think that's really affected him a lot and he's in a very positive space right now he just recorded the last um subtle album with us the, the second subtle album um like a month ago we sat down and we were going to mix it and then uh dax was in town so we had him record vocals on just about every track and he was writing parts for us to play as well so throughout the accident he you know up until now he's he's totally back in subtle with all the same artistic input and, and, and work that you can you can give us at this point, so great. great. And and the response from uh, just everyone, you could you know check out his uh, the website giving an update at uh, if you go to anticon.com, there'll be a link there. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know down here at Amoeba, they still have the um, the donation boxes, you know, which yeah, is I mean, quite Amoeba's nice. One of the main supporters, I mean, if not you know like the top supporter of Dax through this whole thing because he was an employee of Amoeba for 10 years in Berkeley so well, they're fu- like family too yeah and it, it's great to see uh, finally and I'll, I'll let you go I was wondering do you have uh, you know is there a particular release that you've worked on from Anticon aside from Soft Money of course which everyone should check out at Anticon.com is there a, a particular release that uh, you're particularly proud of um I, the first Them album is definitely uh, one of my my favorites because it you know I'm proud of it because it was music that uh, that Dils and I had put together for like two or three years traveling back and forth and it was like the reason why uh, we moved out to California to start Anaconda was to put that album out and to start a follow up to it so it's like that was a very specific and and, and I still have a lot of uh, I don't know uh, emotional ties to to that album musically and everything else. I mean, it's, it's raw for me. You know, it's definitely like older music and I've come to be able to listen to my older music with a, a more uh, open ear instead of just like being completely annoyed with it. So I can go back and listen to that album and, and always get something, something new out of it, whether it's old and I forgot about it or it's, you know, whatever. 
Great. Well, we'll go ahead and try to dig it up. And uh, I know we have it here at the station. The new album is titled Soft Money. It is available at Anticon.com or fine indie record stores everywhere. Joe will be appearing tonight at the Knitting Factory in Hollywood. So for more information, and just so you are in the know, check out Anticon.com. And we're going to go ahead and play the single, uh, WMD. And, uh, Jill, I want to thank you so much for waking up early. And uh, your stuff is featured on our station all the time. So keep up the good music. Thank you for all the support, man. Thank you. Take care. You too. All right. And here is WMD from Jill. And uh, check out the lyrics by A Wise Intelligent from uh, The Righteous Teachers. This is... Uh, Gel, KUCI in Irvine. Genius, genius, which saw the towers fall before the planes went in them. 
Bush saw his father's fall finance and hit the system. I'm dead walking. I'm destined for the coffin. Judas got a Jesus peace to stop me from talking. I ain't afraid. I embrace this war. It ain't living till you know what it is that you'll die for. Don't say this. Don't say that. Change your lyrics. Everybody's a critic. It's getting kind of hectic. My rhymes are all finished, so it shall remain. My writing's exciting and never mundane. In actuality, my personality keeps my mentality based on real life situations, not speculations, but verbal illustrations of how I feel. We sacrifice the Aztec style. Food for war. Right, 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 right here at home.